0: guys, gals, and non-binary pals. This is the newest episode of Up at Dawn. I am your host, Dawn. Hello. Boy, do we got some news for you today and plenty of listener questions. So let's get started. Let's get it on. So in news... Governor Janet Mills has extended Maine's civil state of emergency for another month until approximately May 15th. She's coordinating with Vermont and New Hampshire over COVID-19 response, taking cues from California, Oregon, and Washington State out West, as well as multiple states here in the East. There is also multiple states in the Midwest that are gathering together to coordinate their own COVID-19 response. So this should prove to be interesting, folks. Governor Mills is also requesting help for renters and those with home mortgages. And here in the state, we have 800 cases and approximately 27 deaths, as well as 89,500 unemployment claims. Donnie, and you all know what Donnie I'm referring to suspended funding for the World Health Organization and is saber rattling about reopening the economy starting May 1st. So we'll see how that goes. Personally, I think the virus will make <laughs> will make those decisions, but that's just me. And that has been the news. <laughs> And now, questions that I have received. This week I received questions from two people. Miss Joy has blessed me with four separate questions, so I'll answer those first. And Mister Charlie has given me four questions. Excuse me. Joy's first question is, should stores give a full refund for paper products, not take returns, or, encar- or charge 25% restocking fees? So, Joy, I think it depends on the state and also the store. Um what you know and which you're looking at. Um, right now in Maine, the stores um that I've been to at least, no stores taking returns. Doesn't matter what it is. Or what it's for. There's no returns for anything. Um, Primarily because a lot of people are afraid of, you know, cross-contamination or what have you. So I think depending on where you're at, depending on what store, you call ahead and you see what their return policy is during this time. I think that'd be the brightest idea. Her second question is... Are they still catching lobster? I'm assuming up here in Maine. And if so, why haven't you sent me any? (laughs) Come on, Joy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) as far as if, um, if they are still catching lobster, I'm assuming they are. Um, I don't know any lobstermen personally. And (laughs) you would think that odd because I live right on the coast. But, um, I'm assuming that they are, yes. They are still probably catching some lobster, probably not as much, um, but there is still a market for it. Um, and I haven't sent you any because I'm not even sure if I can send you live lobsters at this time. I know for a fact I can't get live lobsters at my local supermarket, so I'll use that as an excuse. Our third question is would people take Corona more or less seriously if it only affected children? So I am actually going to wind this question up more to basically, um, instead of saying only affected children only affected a certain age range. And my answer is I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, you would think that people would take it seriously now, considering it can affect any age range, but, I mean, we've seen governors that have not yet um, issued stay-at-home orders, and Florida is a hot mess, and they're probably going to be a corona hotspot. Um. So I would say... It really depends on the person. I think, I think depending on who it is, you know, a lot of people are going to take it seriously, but we saw during spring break that there were, (laughs) there were a shit ton of college students that just did not give a flying fuck. And I'd say some of them are paying for that or have paid for that you know because they were infected so if it only affected children maybe you know maybe people would take it more seriously um you know children are our future and all that so um that 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 could very well be um but i don't know truth be told i don't know and her final question <laughs> Is we need migrant labor to pick our crops, but they likely aren't paying taxes, do they deserve stimulus support so a couple of things with this question uh number one, we don't need migrant labor to pick our crops. I think that is a false equivalency. Um, the only reason we have migrant labor to pick our crops is because we as a society choose not to pick our own crops, (laughs) you know, um, for various reasons for low pay. And I mean, the job itself is, is low paying. Um, you know, it's hard back, breaking work and nobody chooses to do that for low pay. Nobody chooses to do that for low pay. So that's the first thing I have to say about this question um, the second thing I have to say about this question is realistically, between fifty and seventy five percent of our um migrant labor force or if you choose to call them um illegal immigrants because a vast majority of them are um, they they pay taxes they pay into the system, which I find kind of amazing um i didn't think that they would but apparently they do so you learn something new every day do they deserve stimulus support yes yes they do yes they freaking do because if they're doing a job that we as a society choose not to do but as a society we need to have somebody do (laughs) and they're doing it, then they should get support like anybody else. It's, it's only fair. It truly is. It's only fair. Um, regardless of whether they're, you know, of whether they're illegal or not, they should get support and whether or not that gets me some, some hate and discontent, I don't really care. Um, But, you know, I think, I think that they deserve the assistance. I mean, you know, if we were, I think, so this question ties into a larger issue. Okay. (laughs) And Joy, you, you, you always try to get me with these, with these, uh, with these questions. The issue is that we ourselves as a society dictate the need for illegal immigration. We as a society don't want illegal immigration, but we as a society also feed that need for it. And until our society as a whole fixes that issue, then that's still going to be a problem and it's still going to be, you know, a contentious issue. And that's really the only way that I can put it because I'm not an economist. I've got a sociologist, uh, by trade, but, um, hopefully my answer makes sense. And, uh, yeah. So (laughs) let's see if I get any flack from that. Probably not because I don't have any goddamn listeners. (laughs) So Charlie asks, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Charlie, goddamn it. If you're really going to ask me how much wood could a woodchuck chuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood, just watch a goddamn Geico commercial. I'm sure they've answered that shit. Come on. So there's the answer to that question. Um. He also asks. Any great adventures planned for after COVID-19? That is a damn good question. Um. I do have. Some. Some things planned. For the near future. For the very near future. Um. I am starting a new job, um, so I'm hoping that financially I'll be in a stable, in a better place, in a more stable situation, um, so that I can, so that I can get my, my feet underneath me, you know what I'm saying, um. As far as planned for after COVID nineteen, I'm not sure. <laughs> it depends on it depends on whether you know on whether that virus is still up and running, and I'm sure it will be. Um, ideally, I would like to have the adventure of getting my own place, <laughs> which would be really fucking cool. Um, any great adventure planned for absolutely positively after that, though? Um, I'd like to see a presidential, um, you know, I'd like to, to actually witness, um, a president being sworn in. Um, I will not be going down to DC if it's Trump, that is for sure. He doesn't deserve to have me down there for his, um, swearing in ceremony, if that's the case. I'm too... I'm too good for Trump. I'm too... I'm too busy. You know? I mean... I could say that... (laughs) I could say that... That Donnie's been like... Done. Come down and see me. Come down and see me get... Get sworn in... For another four years. It'll be huge. (laughs) But that would be a lie. Um... But yeah, he's not worth my time. So if he gets, um... And I don't know why the fuck he would. Some people need to wake the fuck up. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Um... But if he does get, um... Inaugurated a second time, I will not be there for that. If Biden gets the nomination, then I'd I'd like to go down to, to see that. Um... Personally, I was hoping it'd be Bernie, but we're not there yet, uh, which is a wicked fucking bummer, just saying, it sucks. Um, other than that, I would like to meet, um, the cast and crew of King Falls AM during a, um, a meet and greet, uh, live Beyond the Falls, um go to a, a podcast convention. Um, and I really would like to go to Seattle just to travel out there and go to the original Starbucks and do a, (laughs) do a Wayne's world type. We're not worthy (laughs) in front of Starbucks and have a chai. That's what I would like to do. Um, How has being isolated at home changed your life for good and for bad? Oh, Lord, this is probably going to be the longest answer uh, on here, other than maybe the next question. <sighs> hmm. So being isolated at home. I'll start with the bad first, because I feel like that's, kind of like the easier question to answer um, or easier part of the question to answer Um, my hours have gone down drastically for my day job and I mean really fucking drastically Uh, because I work as what is being deemed like a first responder position but because I live with people with pre-existing conditions, um, I have chosen to do a telehealth role instead of um, being in the community with my clients. Uh, Everybody has their own stance on this um, in my particular field. Excuse me. But I I had a little bit of a scare three weeks ago Um, where I could have been exposed to COVID-19. Uh, thankfully I wasn't, but I really can't afford to have the people that I live with get sick and I don't want to risk being a carrier of COVID-19, not realizing it, and then spreading it to my clients and their families most of whom have pre-existing conditions. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that to them. I'm not going to take that risk. Um, and thankfully, the people that I work with on both sides, clients and um coworkers, they understand this. Um, so, because of COVID-19, my hours have dropped pretty drastically, from averaging 38 hours a week for one job to maybe getting less than seven for that same job per week. Um, I've had to apply for partial unemployment, which has been a nightmare. (laughs) Um... I'm hoping that uh, I qualify for the $600 a week. Um, That would definitely help. Um, But if not, at least I'm getting a little something extra per week. So that's good. Um, And I still have my night job, which is part-time. And the night job is much easier to deal with uh, because I'm not really coming in contact with anybody, and I'm social distancing, and that's basically the norm of my job, so, <clears throat> and I'm always constantly washing my hands and and taking those, um, you know, taking those, those steps to prevent um, transmission, so, um, so I would say that that's been the worst Um, the worst aspect of being isolated at home, as well as kind of like, uh, I'm definitely stuck with my thoughts a lot more, um, which is something I didn't notice realistically. Um, and sometimes that can be difficult. To deal with. Uh, but thankfully, I have podcasts. I have music. Um, <laughs> and now, today, uh, after I got paid for dealing with Donald Trump's ass for three years with that stimulus check, I have a bicycle and a bike rack for my car. So, I'm definitely going to be putting that to use. Because um, I need to. Because I'm a fat ass. And... <laughs> And I would like to lose some weight. Um, So as far as how has it changed my life for the better? Hmm. Well, I think it's, I think it's given me time to, to kind of sort of um, work on my relationship with my father, which has been, uh, (laughs) Hmm. slightly rocky, uh, to say the least, not that I'm going to go into detail, uh, today, but when I was younger, we used to kind of nitpick at each other and we grew absent. For a very, very, very long time. But now that, you know, I'm here living in the house I grew up in. um, For various reasons. um, And spending, you know, a little bit more time with him than I would be if I was working. uh, You know, we're actually kind of like, kind of like rebuilding that, that former... I guess, trust or relationship that we used to have. So I guess that that is good. Um, it also has allowed me to, um, to work on some things that I've never really considered working on before, like this podcast. Like, I never would have thought of working on this goddamn podcast when I had my my full hours, because I just... <laughs> Didn't have any fucking time, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, I finally decided to say, fuck it and just do this goddamn podcast. Uh, it's also allowed me to, um, to work on drawing, which is not something that I'm really all that great at, but whatever. Um, so yeah, I would say that that. Has been the answers to that question. (laughs) Um, How will the world be difficult once COVID-19 plateaus and what will the new normal look like? That is a goddamn good question. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've heard, you know, news come out from like MIT or... Or, you know, another health organization basically saying, you know, we may have to be practicing some type of social distancing for the next two years until 2022. Um, I think that... I don't know. I don't know. I think... Our world, you know, we're definitely living in, in a history-changing moment. And I don't know what our new normal will look like. Hopefully our new normal isn't people walking around with masks all day, because that would really fucking suck. <laughs> and I didn't mean to snort, but let's be real. Um, hopefully that is not our new our new normal for the long term. Hopefully that's a short-term thing. Um, but I would like to think that our world would be made a little bit better because, you know, um, the thing is, is that we're all going through this. Every single fucking one of us are going through this together. And, you know, um... I think that this can, I'm not going to say this is, this can make or break somebody, but I feel that, I feel that, you know, situations like this really show what people are made of. And I think we're seeing that in a lot of our, um, you know, a lot of our public figures especially those in politics. I think we're we're seeing basically what, you know, what a lot of them are made of and, you know, what a lot of our first responders are made of. You know, they're doing they're doing some excellent fucking work putting their lives out on the line, so they deserve all the fucking props they can get. Um so I'm hoping that I'm hoping that people get um people get some empathy for for others that aren't like them i guess um considering you know that we're all going through this together some are having a worse time of it than others uh for various reasons and, and i just hope that as a society that we get more um empathy across the board for people I guess that's that's what I'm hoping for. <sighs> Jesus Christ, Charlie. <laughs> you made you made my question segment so fucking long, dude. What the hell? <laughs> Anyways, that has been Questions. Send your questions to me and I will answer them as best as I am able. Um Yeah. Let's make this I, I look forward to the day where I'm, re- where I'm recording a whole hour-long fucking podcast. <laughs> they just seem to be getting longer every goddamn week. So let's see what happens. Well, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, this has been another episode of Up at Dawn with moi. Uh, hope you have enjoyed this episode, and I hope you'll stay with me for the next episode. Adios, until next time.